Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Today's show is brought to you by Fandor. Sign up online or in the app for a free one-week trial. Just $4.99 a month for your all-access pass. Playing now on Fandor is Miss Arizona. A former pageant queen makes a getaway with four unlikely friends when trouble shows up at their women's shelter. They embark on a wild, all-night adventure through LA's darkest streets and wildest drag club. What's up, guys? Yeah, yeah what's up? Hey, what's guy. going on? Holy cow. I like this Zoom. This is exciting. <laughs> I was going to try to rock the mohawk today. Really glad I didn't. Um, yeah, you you got to save that line for when we start rolling. Oh, come on, man. We got two mohawks on. <laughs> can't have two mohawks. <laughs> the same zoom i'm yet uh, i'm yet to have another mohawk in a zoom so just, all right well, have you started rolling yet we're rolling right now all right let's leave all that in welcome to another video fandor podcast uh welcome chris kelly thanks so much Hit. welcome Bryn. thanks hey, Bryn. thanks guys and Good to be here, here is our amazing guest evan jackson leong film director what's before up guys? We get, before we get into be your here, movie man. I just want to say congratulations on making a film. It is Mm -hmm. so difficult. And what you pulled off is just the fact that it's done in the can being distributed. Huge achievement. Your film is is called Snakehead. What's it about and how did it come about? Wow. That's um, so the movie is uh, the way I pitch it to people is it's like Scarface. But instead of a Cuban man, it's a Chinese woman. And instead of uh, smuggling cocaine into the country, she's smuggling uh, people. And, um, you know, this all takes place in, in New York Chinatown. And it's inspired by a, by a true story of a, of a woman in the 80s and the 90s in New York Chinatown um, smuggling hundreds of thousands of Fujinese into America. Wow. Okay. And, like, how did it come about? Like, why this story? Why did you find this? How did you find it? And then, like, why did you say yes to this? I mean, you know, I, I think that's a, that, that, that's, a, that's a big question, right? Because you know how hard it is to make a movie, right? And I, and I, I learned early on that, that it's going to be, you don't get many shots to make a movie. You get shots to make little documentary music videos. You get chances. But with the feature film, the amount of resources, the amount of time, all that comes into play, I, I, I was really, really uh, set on trying to find the perfect story. The story that, you know, if I get one shot at making a movie, you know, which one will it be? And, you know, I've all, I'm a huge fan of Scarface and mm-hmm. Godfather and, you know, the 80s and 90s. I think we all are, right, of these gangster films of that yeah. era. You know, even the Hong Kong and Yakuza films, right? Um, and I always wanted to make one here in America, you know, with people that looked like me. And, um, you know, 
I never really got to see one that, you know, um, or a story that really got me excited about, you know, I mean, there's lots of sort of gangster films, but I needed something more. I needed something that could really get, get a hook and really got me excited. And, you know, when I heard about this woman who was this, you know, uh, the boss of this underworld, um, I was like, this is, this is, there's something here that's, you know, that's, that, that goes beyond this, the, the standard tropes of, you know, greed and the American dream and, and you know, family. Um, well, we have an Asian guy on this podcast. His, <laughs> his name is Bryn. He's from Vietnam. And Bryn, I, you saw the movie. I did see the movie. Well, tell tell your boy some you use your a thoughts. To- your token Asian guy in this podcast, right? <laughs> uh, you know, I, I'm I must, the token white guy. So <laughs> I must say it was a genuinely authentic Asian film. It was awesome. So I got to give you props for that. Uh, I noticed that when um, the girlfriend got mad, she said, you got my ass. Oh, man. I was like, oh, man. As a Vietnamese guy, you use the Vietnamese girl as a as a total bitch, and I was like, "That is so accurate! Oh my god, you're that's perfect and very well done." Well, thank you, thank you, thank you. That was a, that was definitely a, an element of authenticity there. Uh huh. Exactly. And and <laughs> yeah, I got to mention the air a little bit in our, the arowanas in the in the fish tanks. You know, that's another big Asian factor. There. What's it's an like, arowana in a it's, fish it's, tank? It's uh, it's a kind of fish that uh, we. We typically have in our homes, and they're a sign of good luck. Okay. Oh, that's mm-hmm. good. In All right. Restaurants, homes. Yeah, yeah restaurants, homes. Marijuana. Exactly. They're like water dragons, you know? Uh huh. <laughs> well, I, I couldn't help but notice you cast Jade Wu. Mm-hmm. Now, anyone who watched Luke Cage on Netflix knows her because she she's the bad guy. And from the trailer, it looks like she's the bad guy in your movie now. <laughs> Is she? So it seems like she's being typecast as. The bad guy in all the film. Am, am I right? Like, tell tell us about Jade and and how that came about and and all. Yeah, because I I love her on the big screen. I, I mean, I I love Jade and, and yeah, she's definitely cast as the the bad character in this film. But you know, a complicated one, a complex one, one with lots of layers and lots of you know motivations that you know are a little bit more uh, they're deeper than just your classic. You know, I want to be bad, and um, you know the. It's interesting, right? I mean, Jay's been around for quite a while. I mean, she's been acting for 40 years, right? And she's an amazing actor. But, um, you know, it, this is the first time, you know, we, we talked, I talked to her now. And she's like, she's busier than she's ever been in her career. And I mean, it's a very interesting sign of the times that, that there's a lot more roles than there ever were before, you know? And when I made, you know, I started this film 10 years ago, there was nothing like this at all. Yeah. Um, all right. So looking back on the movie, what would you have done differently? I probably wouldn't take as long to make the film, although, you know, I, I appreciate the, uh, the, the, the struggle and the journey. Um, you know, it took me about the, the process um, can often be slow, slow, slow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It can totally be slow. And I think, you know, I think once I decided to go just straight indie and, and crowdfund the movie, um, I really sort of picked up and I was able to, you know, I guess as an artist, you know, you get able to control your fate. And that was, that was quite exciting because it was just all on me. You know, I carried the weight this whole time without, you know, any investors or studios telling me what to do or, or how to finish it. So, uh, you know, I think, you know, next time I think I would do a lot less action pieces on an indie mm-hmm. film. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk about the film festival circuit. How was it uh, received and which like festivals did you uh, uh, put this in? Yeah, I mean, you know, COVID really, really messed up the timeline for this film, right? We were supposed to premiere, I think, last year, right, at this uh, in San Francisco. And then, you know, obviously that got canceled. 
Um, and then when we got into Santa Barbara International Film Festival earlier this year, it was it was just so exciting because it was like a real industry sort of festival. And, and I was so excited because it was a drive-in. So, you know, uh, watching your, your film for the first time with an audience is like the, the, the most nerve-wracking thing ever. But this time I got to watch the first time with the audience in, in a car and find with just my wife. So we were protected. We were having fun. And, you know, at the end of the film, people don't clap, but people honk. You know, and when uh, you have three cars honking, it feels like you just won everything. <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, that's yeah. great. That's really great. So um, when is it coming out? Where can people see it? Like, what's the website? Like, give us give us some of the deets here because sure. we want we want your movie to be successful. We care. This Thank group you. cares. Yeah. I mean, you know, this has really been a labor of love. So, you know, it's been over 14 years and to have. To me, being here talking to you guys right now is truly, it's just a miracle, right? Because I, you know, we know how many films get made and that no one ever sees. And, you know, be able to actually be in theaters, uh, you know, this this Friday, 10, October 29th. And, you know, on VOD, Hulu, Amazon, iTunes, you know, all those the streamers. Um, it's just truly, truly an amazing sort of uh, opportunity. And, and I'm just humbled by this and excited to see the rest of the world to see the film. I'm going to the premiere on Friday in San awesome. Francisco. Okay, cool. I'll be there. Are you going to be there? there? Awesome. Yeah. All right. I'll, I'll see if I can bring these two with me if they're, cool. if they're free. It's fun um, to watch on the big screen. I'm glad you watched it on the big screen because uh, well, you know, well, we really you know how, it. It's a great, it's a gritty film. So seeing it on the big mm-hmm. screen is really the way to watch it. Do you know how we're connected? Do you know who connected us? Who connected? Brian. He- Henry. Oh, Henry. Wow. Yeah. That's the reason we're doing this. One of your producers. And I yes, think he's Henry, hosting Henry, that. Henry he's screening yeah. that, right? He's, yeah, he's, he's the, the one hosting. Yeah, the 4.30 screening? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Perfect. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm happy that he's, he's doing his thing in the Bay Area, which is a hard thing to do. Uh, you know what's great about you? You have real economy of words. You don't ramble. So we don't have to rush the end of this interview. <laughs> Fantastic. That's a really good thing. I don't got I want... much to say, really. Well, I mean, come on. Uh, let's, let's talk about how the selling of the movie happened. I want people yeah. who don't understand how the filmmaking process works to, to hear how it was after you made the movie, you put it in film festivals and the, the selling process and who ended up buying it and, and what that meant. Yeah, I mean, you know, when you go down down the indie road, you 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 basically make the film. You're kind of betting on yourself that you're going to make a film good enough that someone's going to buy it, right? And so, you know, you you want to get it in a festival after you make the film, you know, which is an accomplishment in itself. But to get in a festival that's prestigious enough to get the buyers and the basically distributors to, uh, you know, see the film and, and see the response and see that they can, oh, we can sell this through our you know distribution networks and make money off of it right and so at that moment you know the festivals that you're trying to get into is truly just a a, a sort of a, you know you're, you're hoping it's all hope right there's plenty of films that get into sundance that don't ever get bought they don't get distribution you know even at the highest level of sundance so for us getting into uh, santa barbara and then finding a buyer and finding a couple buyers that actually really like the film and you know having a little bit of a, a bidding war was super exciting for us and um you know, once we Samuel Goldwyn, you know, uh, picked us up, you know, then, you know, they kind of opened it up for us. They tend to change the game, you know, give us a chance to really get sort of mainstream with the movie. And, um, you know, that's, you know, that's the ultimate goal of any artist, really, to just, you know, get your work seen by as many people as possible. And, and, so did Samuel Goldwyn give you the best distribution or do they give you the most money or do they give you both? I want the truth <laughs> for once. <laughs> they gave me 
all that and more, right? I mean, <laughs> all right. Really, oh, we found nice. a really good partner in them. You know, they actually, you know, that's not their first Asian American film, right? They put out Justin Chan's Gook, right? Okay. Mm. Yep. And so, you know, they, they, they knew that the Asian market, Asian American market is something to, uh, you know, deal with. And I think that that was, uh, you know, part of the reasoning. Plus the fact that, you know, I think uh, Peter Goldwyn is, a, you know, we were on the same age. So we grew up on the same kind of films. And he really thought of this as like the, the next iteration of the, the American gangster film. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound. And you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's great. A bunch of my former colleagues at Facebook were involved in Gook. Um, and they mm. formed a sort of Asian American Film Society of former Facebook employees have been helping fund uh, Asian American films. And Gook was one of the ones that they're most proud of. So uh, it's great that. Yeah, that no, I mean, Gook is great. Justin's yep. great. I mean, yeah. it's a really exciting time for Asian American yeah. cinema. I think yep. it, we're finally getting some work out there that that's really, uh, you know, that it's representative and also, you know, very powerful. Yep. Two more questions for you and we'll cut you loose. One is. Uh, Tell us two or three movies that really inspire you. Two or three movies that inspire me. Um, well, I got a San Francisco one. Um, I love Big Trouble in Little China. Oh yeah, I <laughs> love that movie too. Now, what do you hold on? When you yeah. when you look back at Kurt Russell and that film, are there Asian stereotypes in that that bother you today? I mean, or there's, you just... there's a ton of stereotypes, right? There's but are you okay with it? <laughs> I like. A ton. I mean, you got you have Kim Cattrall in there, but the thing is, really, you know, what I what I, what I realized later on watching that film, why I really connected to that film is that the first time you see an Asian character without an accent speaking English, yeah. being a hero, right? Mm. And that's something, mm. you know, I mean, for you, it's fine. But for me, I've never seen that before. You know, I mean, it's hard to say what other ones were, but, you know, that was, you know, one of the first ones. And you know, I, loved, so, I loved the action. It was kind of fun. On. It made San Francisco Chinatown feel special. It, it did. But you know what's so great about your answer here is, there's always something to be offended by. But you're like, you know what? I'm not going to be offended. I'm going to remember how I felt when I watched that as a kid. I'm going to say, it's a great movie. It touched me. It I mean, inspired yeah, it's me. It's all about the context, right? I mean, if they made Scarface now with a, with Italian-American playing a Cuban, like, yeah. ooh, that would not yeah. be good. You can't do that now, right? right. You, really you can't, can't do you, anything. You put Andy Garcia in that role, but you, could, but you can't put... Uh, yeah. <laughs> but you can't. I mean, I think, yeah. you know, it's all yeah, about yeah, context, yeah. right? And so, I mean, yeah. we're going to get to a point where it's like, why didn't... You know, even with our film, like we talked about Snakehead, you know, Sung is full Korean, but he's playing this Chinese guy. And we're like, well, his dad's Korean. So we'll play that. But, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, you know, it, it's, it's, it's something that's, you know, something that we, we kind of address to the context and, and, and what you're actually dealing with right at the time. Yeah. You know, it's really interesting. Um, did you see Star Trek, uh, the one with Chris Pine? 
Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, who's the who's the here. who's the character that plays Sulu? We we hung out with was, him at the yeah, airport. Yeah, we hung out with him at the airport. It's John Cho. Uh, John, John Cho. Yeah, exactly. John Cho's yeah. Korean, right? John Cho's Korean. But Sulu was Japanese. And, and I and I remember how difficult it was for Paramount to have to kind of sidestep that and say, you know, is it OK if we cast a Korean who was originally Japanese? So, yeah. God, please. I mean, there's always the rules. I mean, I think ultimately it comes down to the character and how it's, how it's performed. Right. If it's a great performance and no one's complaining. Right. If, it, if it's bad and there was a better choice for it, then, you know. Then well, and, and, and then also a lot of it is, is is just getting away from whitewashing that has gone on over the years mm-hmm. and, and having white actors play Asian actors or, or you know, any ethnicity. Yeah. You know? I mean, and, at the time, yeah. though, like when they put those white actors playing Asian characters, it was it was fine. Nobody was complaining back yeah. then. Right. So it's a yeah. context. Right. And it's just, I feel like as the consciousness gets higher and better, you know, we, we will see, you know, more diversity, more you know, authentic roles. And, you know, ultimately at the end, I mean, it's all make-believe in, in, in the first place, right? There it is. It's all make Everyone remember yes. that. It's all make-believe anyway. All right, you want to give us one more movie before I ask you my final question that really inspired you? Come on. I love In the Mood for Love by Wong Kar Wai. Okay. Oh. All right. What year did that come out, roughly? Do you remember? 2000. Okay. What? In the Mood for Love. I've never seen it. I don't even oh, think I've heard about incredible it. So. Incredible. Okay. That's Tony great. Leung. Tony Leung. Sang chi Tony Leung. Young Tony Leung, well, forties, forties, young Tony, because he's sixty now. This is crazy. And then, lastly, what's next for you? Um, so I'm still doing all. I mean, you know, I mean, I'm just trying to embrace all this, enjoy this moment. You know, this is such a long journey. So at the same time, I'm developing a bunch of scripted stuff, and you know, I, you know, I've been a documentary documentarian for the last twenty years. So that's where most of my work comes from. So I mean, I'm doing a bunch of different uh, sports docs right now. Awesome. Oh, cool. All right, everyone. His name is Evan Jackson Leung. His film is Snakehead. It's out. There's a million ways to see it. Uh, please support this guy and his dreams and his filmmaking so we can see him do another movie soon. Thanks so much, Evan. So Thanks, good. brother. Right on, Evan. Thank All you, right. guys. Thank you for tuning in. Today's show is brought to you by Fandor. Sign up online or the app for a free one-week trial. Playing now on Fandor is Miss Arizona, a former pageant queen, makes a getaway with four unlikely friends when trouble shows up at their women's shelter. They embark on a wild, all-night adventure through LA's darkest streets and wildest drag club. That's Fandor, the home for cinephiles. 